join Startup Canada this spring as we tour across Canada to celebrate the winners of the 2018 Startup Canada Awards. Join us in Winnipeg, Vancouver, Miramichi, Sault Ste. Marie, and Montreal. Network with leading entrepreneurs and the drivers of Canada's startup community. Visit startupaward.ca for more information and to get your tickets now. Rogers Business App Market brings together the right apps for your business and wraps it all up with Rogers world-class support. Microsoft Office 365 makes it easy. Whether you need to securely store and backup files, access or share documents in the cloud, collaborate with your team or manage your business from anywhere and on any device. Plus, with support from Rogers, you'll get everything up and running quickly. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash business apps. Scotiabank understands that business is personal and your business has unique needs. That's why we offer flexible solutions for your business banking. Create your own business banking package that works for you by opening an account online in minutes with ease and start saving today. Visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business to get started. Here to give you a first-hand glimpse into the future of Canadian business, it's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my Lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are on a train today from Montreal to Toronto with my next guest. I'm located in the beautiful capital city of New Brunswick, Fredericton. And so if you, lots of activity here, lots of activity on the train. So if you hear some background noise, that's just entrepreneurship. <laughs> it's a noisy journey, but a good one. Seriously, though, I'm just so pleased to introduce um, one of Canada's top design and UX trailblazers on the show today. Jason Goodman is the founder of UX Ventures, a one-of-a-kind digital agency rooted in human-centric 
Centered innovations. Jason's multidisciplinary skill set in psychology, product design, and marketing and business development enables the Toronto based startup to accelerate social impact ventures to reach their goals through design, incubation, and investment. Using this holistic approach, Jason and his team are working with five clients in healthcare, education, and finance domains and is incubating Magic Cape Labs and Vilennial while running a quarterly Kids Times X Tex event in Toronto. Is that kids is that how it's pronounced, Jason? Kids Time Tex? We like to confuse people. Yeah, it's uh, kid kids in tech. Kids in Tech. Perfect. I want to get that correct. So while running a quarterly Kids in Tech event in Toronto, and on today's podcast, we'll talk to Jason about how he's bridging the gap between doing doing good while making a profit and how he's driving his monster. And I am going to dig a little deeper in this because I, when I was reading for uh, preparation for today's conversation with Jason, his monster is people over pixels. And I guarantee you, most people that are listening to this podcast show today have never once heard of that mantra, let alone lived it. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. So Jason, you're on a train from Montreal to Toronto. So is that good that you're leaving Montreal and arriving in Toronto? Or is it bad that you're leaving Montreal and having to go to Toronto? Kind of a central uh, Canada joke there. What's uh, that maybe didn't go over so well. What's, uh, what's taking you from Montreal to Toronto. Uh, everything that's kind of led me from Montreal to Toronto, actually. I'm from Montreal originally. Yes. Um, and uh, did the move to Toronto 10 years ago. And uh, my family, I, my home is Toronto now. Right on. And uh, I have a wife and, and three kids. And uh, yes. So I'm excited to go back to Toronto. And uh, I, hopefully, my kids and, and my wife are, are a little bit excited to see me. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm sure they will be. And, uh, you know, I have a great uh, affiliation finish, affiliation with both of those cities. They're both beautiful. The people that are awesome, great entrepreneurial ecosystems happening in both of those cities. And uh, and so uh, and my family, my, my, my sister actually lives in uh, in the okay. Rigo area out in Hudson. So I've been around that, that. Yeah, it's a beautiful area for sure. So, Jason, um, we're going to talk a lot about your mantra, UX design. Uh, I want to talk about, I want to hear about your kids. Uh, your family, but I, first of all, you know, I want to make sure that you get out of this conversation what you want. In other words, the message, the lesson, if I could say so. What are you hoping that our listeners are going to derive from our conversation today on the train? Oh, so sort of foreshadowing for the whole conversation, and that's that's, uh, that's pretty pretty interesting approach. I like that. Yes. Um, well, I, I mean, I guess. I guess, uh, you know, with a lot of things that we do, um, the message ultimately is um, set, set your goals high, but, yeah. you know, never, never compromise on your values along the way. Yeah. Uh, it's, so e- it's so easy to do that, uh, and it's very easy to get caught up in the, in the entrepreneurial journey and the, uh, you know, we all have... Everyone who's sort of working in in, uh, in the entrepreneurial space right now, across industries, not just in technology and design, right? Um, you know, everybody everybody always aspires to to greatness, um, and what you find along that journey is that uh, there's lots of moments of truth. And Seriously. in those moments of truth that you, you kind of uh, actually build culture and define yourself as an entrepreneur, define uh, who, the type of person you're going to become, the type of leader that you're going to become, and the type of company that you're developing. And you don't know it at the time, but I 
think uh, I think it's those moments that define it. I think you're absolutely right, and uh, I mean that starts with values and principles and integrity and all those sorts of uh, you know I'll, I'll call it um, I wouldn't say soft stuff, but be you know internal intrinsic uh, um, assets that we have and that we need to protect as uh, as individuals. And so I'm glad that you brought that uh, that point up. Now you're in UX, and I've always been intrigued with the UX player in a uh, in a tech world because you know their journey isn't about making sure a plus b equals c it's everything in between all the formulas of a to b and so uh, first of all i want to know i want to know your journey you know your your skill set is psychology product design marketing and business I mean, that's that's a multifaceted skill set but what started your your focus your journey into the ux world it's a great question. So I think uh, for me, everything actually began with uh, psychology. Okay. So um, I originally thought I was uh, going to chart a career course uh, towards becoming a psychiatrist, essentially a child psychiatrist. Um, I was just really fascinated in how people work, yes. how we think, how, how we learn, uh, and then how we don't work and when things break down. Why is that? And, and how can we help people with that? So um, that was my, that was sort of the entry point for me was psychology, but I certainly wasn't thinking about design and tech at all. I was thinking about a career in, you know, uh, in the psychiatry, psychology space. Sure. Um, and then I sort of realized I wanted to work with children. Um, and then from that point, I said, okay, well, I guess, you know, children are in schools. So in order to immerse myself in really understanding children and how children think and learn and, and their behavioral patterns and development, uh, you know, understanding their, their development path better, I should immerse myself in school. So I started to focus on educational psychology, okay. and sort of blending those two things. And, and I was when, doing all of the Gilly, Sorry, the when, you say, when you say children, sorry to interrupt, when you say children, what are children? Are you elementary, middle school, high school, or the whole gambit? Yeah, I, I would say um, I would say you know sort of zero to ten. Okay, cool. Um, you know, um, and yeah, so I, I you know, I, I started uh, at a whole career in sort of working um, in Montreal and with uh, different schools, different elementary schools, different pilot programs uh, for children with disabilities, and I started to carve a very niche course towards. Uh, working with uh, children on the autistic spectrum. Oh, cool! Uh, and developing a, a you know um, you know a specialization, I suppose, in autism in my research and you know, in my practice. So that was like a whole other career path that I had, and I did that for about seven years. Right. Um, then what what happened one day? So you know, most people hear that and they're like, okay, where is he going with all of this? <laughs> That's so good. It's all part of the experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, and the more I tell the story, sometimes I get lost in it too. Yes. Um, but, it, but it was actually quite, uh, quite a linear path. Like, a, it's not really surprising what happened next. What happened next was, um, I was working in all these pilot programs for children with autism and running into a lot of barriers in terms of the system of education itself, uh, being pretty restrictive for innovation. Yes. And so... I decided to go to Toronto to attend, this is back in 2007, there was a program called the CSC Media Lab, uh, and they had sort of been, you know, before there were really incubators and accelerators, in, in which are now, you know, yeah, out there, you know, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, 
there were there were these little places where like these things were happening and they were teaching people about design and tech and prototyping and design thinking, but all towards building an application of some kind, like building some sort of prototype. And so I went to this program to sort of get out of the academic mindset and really just think about trying to build something, uh, anything really that I could bring back to the education space that would be of value. Um, so I, I kept a very open mind, came to Toronto, uh, and but I, I fell in love with um, you know, with the the field of design, and once I got, once I started to get trained and educated and introduced to the world of design and design thinking, it felt very natural. Like this is this is my home. This is where I should be. Cool. Um, I'll kind of yeah. I guess I'll kind of pause there. But I mean, that was kind of the uh, the journey was coming from educational psychology into getting trained into design and tech and prototyping. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've heard this story about a little earlier. I was, um, I was talking to somebody who, who runs a very successful business of, uh, of teaching math in a very engaging and unique way. And as a teacher, you would appreciate that. Um, but her path started with her hating math, absolutely despising it, you know, doing anything to get away from it. And here she has found a great passion for it. And the same thing with you, as you go through this discovery of, of being open to learn and connect and, and, uh, and enjoy. And so you found, you found a love and not only did you find a love, you've obviously decided to uh, pursue a career in it, which is, uh, which is which is awesome. So when you when you when you discovered that is is uh, is uh, that the time that you decided to to do UX ventures or or was uh, there something in between UX and that? Yeah, so there there was. So I mean, um, this uh, UX ventures is is my second uh, second startup journey. Cool. The first startup journey came directly after. Uh, being at the CFC Media Lab, yeah, we on. prototyped a, a web connect, a web connected toy concept, um, and started to build this prototype around it. And the whole idea was around letting kids explore online content and family photos using letter blocks. Um, sorry, using really sorry, did you say using letter block? Mm-hmm. What's that blocks, mean? Actual physical block. Okay, cool. Okay, <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah, so we were trying to explore ways for really young children to be able to manipulate things online using, yeah. you know, different place, different interfaces aside from the keyboard. Yes. Right, the keyboard was never really designed for children, right. obviously. Not even really designed for adults, actually. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're right. Um, it's, it's a really weird device, the keyboard. Um, but yeah, you have this sort of <laughs> random spattering of letters all over the place, and you sort of we're very adaptable as human beings. So we learn how to use it and we move on, but it was never designed for children. It's not really an accessible way for them to, to explore, uh, you know, the, the limits of what technology a computer can, can provide. Right. Just in, in the simple, simple application of trying to look at photos. Um, we thought like, wouldn't it be cool if a kid could spell the word mom using blocks and then see a picture of their mom. Yeah. Um, or if they spelled the word happy, seeing a picture of themselves feeling happy and what would that do to us being able to teach uh, emotional intelligence for example yes uh, so that was the product that we were working on back in, in back in the early early days of like 2007 2008 how'd you make money off of that what's the, what was the revenue model with that 
so, you know, the, the short version of that story is um, we we licensed it to first to one just one toy company yes. uh, called called Zizzle, uh, and they were working with a, a, a brand called Hooked on Bonnets at the time. Yes, and that was an interesting experiment. And then we kind of worked on that project with them for a few years, but then we got caught in a bit of a business uh, turmoil that those two companies had with each other. Right. And ultimately, the the IP was released back to us. And then we tried one more time to license it to a different company, uh, and we actually succeeded in licensing the technology to Hasbro, right. uh, who, had, who had just recently at that time uh, acquired the license for Sesame Street. Ah, cool. So, you know, the goal, um, the, funny, the funny thing is, listen, I hope this is very useful for your listeners, um, the goal on the napkin that we drew was we want to license this product to Hasbro and Sesame Street. Right. And really, really get this in the hands of Sesame Street specifically, because they were the only, the only company out there that actually understood the educational principles behind this product and, and its potential. And once we licensed it to them, I had actually had to shut the company down at that point in about 2010. Uh, and I just sort of got a job in marketing, but then I found out the news that the license, the, the deal went through. And I was, you know, jumping for joy, super excited. Yeah. Uh, but the the reality was that, you know, Hasbro was not in the business of designing and developing software. Right. Right. And so, th- so they held they held the IP for two years and did nothing with it, and then ultimately released it back to us. And the hard lesson that we learned, that I learned as a first time entrepreneur, first time founder, then was, you know, the product was actually perfect. Everyone focuses on trying to build the right product. Uh, and if you could just do that, then you'll be a success. Well, we did it. We built the right product, but our business model was flawed. Okay. That was the, the hard lesson was if we would have gone in as partners and said, listen, we'll, 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 we'll actually take care of the software development side for you. Yes. Um, you just worry about hardware, electronics, and manufacturing and distribution, and we'll take care of software. We, it actually would have worked. <laughs> we, put a, we would have co-developed that product and brought it to market. But instead, the business model was patent and license and wipe our hands free and move on to the next idea. Yeah. Yeah. So you gave the secret, you uh, gave them responsible for the responsibility for the secret sauce when they didn't really know how to, how to bring the secret sauce together in a consistent way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I guess the interesting thing now is with UX Ventures, one of the ventures that we're, we're trying to get off the ground now is actually that, that toy product. So oh, actually, interesting. Life, life, life comes full circle that way. Yeah. Um, and now you know. It, it, well, what's interesting now is that now that it's, you know, we're on the border of 2018, uh, that product is now actually market ready. Like in terms of the market readiness of consumers willing, willing and wanting that type of a product. Whereas mm. back then, uh, even if we had developed it, there is still a big question mark of whether people would have embraced it and used it. Uh, it might have been a little too early. Yeah, I mean, you know, as you're saying that, what I'm thinking about is a lot, how many products and 
are now being developed that are, are quote unquote ahead of their time. Also, it uh, I'm sure there's other teams that are going to go through the same discovery process that you went through at a at a, at a totally accelerated level. So that'll be interesting. So tell me about again. I want to get back to 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 UX as a as a discipline. Are you finding now that more and more organizations are actually engaging using services of uh, of folks like you UX Ventures to uh, to help them enhance that consumer experience? Yeah, so it's interesting. So then our our name UX Ventures obviously is it alludes to to UX. That's so a bit of a play on words. Sure. But um, yeah, it's Y O U X. I must say, it's for our audience. Yeah. That's important. It's Y O U and then X. Yeah, and I, and I guess the, the I guess there's some double or triple entendres there, really, because you know you you being the entrepreneur, the business, um, you know, we're trying to be sort of you know you are trying to do X, whatever that X might be. Yeah, right. Um, something innovative, um, some sort of a venture, and and you know, uh, we we you could also look at us as being the X, the variable that's going to help them you know, to bring it to, to life. But you know, really, you know, the UX is, is a, is a part of what we do. Product design is probably more apt, a better aptly describer of what we do. Right. Um, where UX is the, the early side of the early stages of that product design and development process. Yes. Um, but it's the critical one. It's the most, and it's the one that we sort of hang our hat on in terms of values and principles too. Um, people are engaging more, you know, it, it, people are realizing now that user experience design is just best practice. It's not really something that you, you know, it's not really optional, to be honest. If you're not doing it, um, no, then... We are now arriving. <laughs> there you go. We're covered. <laughs> now we're arriving. Um, if you're not doing it, then, then you're not arriving. <laughs> you don't arrive. Uh, it, it's, you know, a lot of people, um, I think the, I think a lot of young entrepreneurs get confused by lean methodology yes. and what that really means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lean, you know, lean and fast uh, and rapid prototyping and, and A-B testing and, and sort of the trial and error, all that stuff is great. User experience design is really just all about developing empathy for all the different stakeholders in your business. Yes. Not just the people, not just the people who are using your product, yes. your yes. but also like all the stakeholders, stakeholder yes. mapping it and seeing, you know, how is everybody going to be impacted um, in a positive or negative way uh, from the business that you're trying to build? And then what are the opportunities for you to improve upon that experience for everybody along the way. Let's and let's touch on that for a second because you know I, I'm I'm I'll follow my own stupid sword here and say my impression of UX is always that it was it had to have a technical component associated with it. Um, I'm hearing it's not. And there's other it's it really is about just multi touch points. What are the touch points that ultimately make that engagement piece more powerful for the stakeholder that you're connecting with. Is, is that fair to say that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely less technical than maybe people think. I think most people can actually get, and that's why I think a lot of people are jumping into and have jumped into uh, the U.S. industry. Yes. Because it's actually quite, it's quite easy to jump in. You know, I, I teach, I teach uh, U.S. sessionally at, uh, at OCAD University. And, you know, one of the things I tell my students right away is, you know, 
I may be working in the field, I may be your professor of UX, I am not an expert. Yeah. And anybody who tells you they're an expert in UX is lying because there's no such thing. Mm. Um, UX requires a multidisciplinary perspective. So the fact that I have a background in business and in marketing and, and psychology and education, that's what makes me, uh, you know, that's what helps me become a, a good user experience designer because I have, you know, I'm able to take different people's perspectives and, and take all those different experiences and, you know, and put them to good use. But yeah. you're, you're, when you you're, look at like a map, you're like a traffic yeah, cop. Ahead. You're sorry. You're like a traffic cop. You really facilitate the journey based on those needs. It isn't, this is the way you have to go. It's really understanding what the needs are and then facilitating the appropriate journey, bringing, bringing in the right players around that. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and it's also, you know, everybody's voice is important. So, yes. you know, design thinking and, and UX uh, is the type of discipline that says, you know, you know, big decisions or big product decisions or big business decisions shouldn't shouldn't necessarily just be the domain of the CEO and the CTO right, and the right. C-suite executive. Yeah. It's, 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 no, let's actually talk to customer support people who are yes. talking to your customers every day. What are they saying? Yeah. And let's talk to, you know, the, you know, the, the family over here that's using your product and uh, understanding how they are perceiving your business and just trying to, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming for people and they feel like it's too, it's too much research or too much um, deep diving for them to, to go down. So they don't do it. They skip it. Yeah. They go with, they go with their instinct. And so how, um, what's the best way to get started on the journey? What's the, you know, I'm, I'm all a firm believer that business is based on getting the first base first. That's how baseball games are mostly won, not the grand slam. So what was your recommendation for, I mean, you're in the business of, uh, of UX. What's the, what's the, for the rookies, for the ones that get it, but are scared to actually begin the journey. What's, what's the, the process or the, the first two steps or three steps they need to take to get their mindset correct? Yeah, it's a good question. I think so. We'll give, you know, let's say you're a, a healthcare startup. So, you know, a lot of the, you know, we work primarily in social impact with social impact type of companies. So, companies that are doing work in healthcare, education, and and social impact areas of finance. Um, so, let's say you were a fintech company and you're yep. building a, a new product that's, um, you know, going to. Um, help people, uh, you know, be able to reduce, reduce their debt faster or something like that. Um, you know, once you, and you may have a sense of what that product is, that's going to be able to do that for you. Um, mapping, doing a stakeholder map and actually mapping out all the different people who are, who relate to that business. And then actually just going and talking to them, coming up with good questions, um, and doing what I call sort of grounded theory research, which is give very open-ended questions to people. Yes. Let them speak. Don't interrupt them. Yes. And then let that data speak. Mm. So meaning when collect all that sort of qualitative data and then code it and say like, you know, every, I spoke to 10 different people and, um, 10 of them sort of organically got to this point where they, they weren't talking about debt. They were talking about, um, depression. Right. Right. And then, you know, and then start to say, well, that's interesting. And, and, and sort of, you know, just <laughs> do these, uh, really 
you can, those are lean type of approaches or it's re- lean research, you can call it. Yes. Um, but just, just talking to people, talking to people and listening. Um, and then that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to do whatever they tell you. Yes. Um, that, that's where I think people get confused. I've done lots of research where 25 people are saying to do something one way. And in the end, I still believe they should do it the other way. And that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. at least, at least you're doing it with, the, with that knowledge on the table. Are you, um, are you finding, um, uh, are you finding Jason that more that the majority of your customers are at that stage we're now discussing, or are you finding that more and more of them are actually becoming a little bit more, uh, advanced and they're thinking of how the UX one is a value and two, ultimately how they, how they engage in it. I think everybody's just too, too focused on the money, to be honest. Yeah, interesting. And I, think, uh, I think everybody is just way too focused on the money. And not just on the money in terms of trying to raise or, or make their first million or anything like that. Even, even uh, on a simpler sense, they, they're looking at their budgets and they're saying, okay, I have, you know, have $50,000 to invest in this business. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have two quarters to get this done. So... I gotta get started. I gotta build. I gotta uh, have something in hand. I gotta have. I gotta spend that money and find someone to build it for me and just build a prototype and just get started. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that. There's a lot. I, I most of the time, the entrepreneurs that I meet and the companies I meet, they're coming to us after they've already spent fifty to a hundred thousand dollars, and right. now they're saying, you know what? We realize we should really should talk to a design firm. Yes. It's too late. It's just too late. Um, thinking. It's free. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> yes. free. To, it's I love free, it. You know, and not enough people spend enough time thinking. Uh, they they rush. They just rush. They see. They think that everything has to happen right now, and and they they line up their money. They they borrow from friends and family, or they take out a loan, or they um, or they save for it, and then they feel rushed. Yes. And to all you entrepreneurs who are listening to this podcast right now, take a minute. Take a minute and, and if you if you can't see, you know, one, two, three years out, like really, really, really clearly, and believe me, even for UX Ventures, I just spent, I think I spent the last three months trying to chart a course for the next year and a half. Right. It's really hard. It's it is really, hard. It's really, really hard. Um, take the time to do it before you start taking action because once you take action and once you start product development, you can't stop. Right. You need to, you know, there's no turning back. And usually by the time people do reach us, it's often too late. And they're hoping that we can just sort of do a quick audit and fix it, uh, clean it up, so to speak. So, Jason, um, you've talked about what a lot of companies don't do right. Obviously, you have got clients. You have got revenue that's coming in. Uh, I want you to kind of talk about, you know, what are your clients or one client, what are they doing right that, uh, and you don't have to mention their names, it's confidentiality, I respect that, that uh, that you say, this is a company that's doing it right. Can you give us some best practices that they're doing as part of their approach to UX? Yeah, that's uh, that's a good question. Um, Well, let's say one of our clients, uh, as a healthcare client and, um, they have some pretty large mandates in terms of, uh, so they're the type of company that, um, their stakeholders are a lot of the different stakeholders in the city of Toronto. So they have, um, 
their stakeholder map is quite is quite large. And so one of the things that we were building with them is uh, a product that's going to help the outside world do business with the healthcare sector in Toronto and also allow for um, the the Canadian ecosystem to do to do business with Toronto's healthcare ecosystem a little bit better. So it's sort of a business portal um, for the city of Toronto. And one of the things that you know, we talked about, you know, with them, you know, it would be great because there's so many different stakeholders in this product. It would be great to, to talk to a lot of people similar to what we just talked about. Um, but, you know, yes, when you have a lot of different stakeholders like that, you know, the, the tendency is to say, you know what, we're never going to get all these people in a room. We're not going to get people from the universities and the hospitals and, and the startups and the incubators. It's going to be too complicated. Um, you know, what data are we even going to get all these people together? And what are we going to, it's just too much logistics and we're busy with all these things. All those excuses are things that are very, very easy to um, just to rest on because they're legitimate excuses to a degree. Uh, but what's the opportunity cost of not doing it? Yeah, I always like to say uh, right? lots, of, lots of excuses, none of them good. None of them good. None of them good. So what they did was they, you know, we said we want to talk to a lot of different people across all the different areas of the cluster. Yes. And within a minute, like, they just made it happen. Nice. You know, we had a full day, a full day at Mars Discovery District. Nice. Where we had, we, we spoke to 40 different people from, a, from representative from across the cluster in two different sessions, a morning and afternoon session, full day. Uh, all recorded, you know, did a ton of research. And in that one day, uh, the amount of data that we were able to collect really, really helped to validate a lot of the key assumptions that we had yeah, yeah. and disprove a, uh, disprove a couple. And it just charted a course for the success of that entire project, which was a, a pretty large project that's you know, still ongoing. So, right. you know, again, that little bit of upfront time and thinking, it, it probably delayed the start of the project by a month. Yes. But in the grand, in the grand scheme of things, what are we doing? Are we trying to do? Are we we trying to? What's a month? Are we trying to? You know, what's a month in the grand scheme of things? We're trying to build a successful product that's going to live for years to come. Yeah, take a minute. And that's take a minute. And that's the reference to the point is that people are rushing for the money more than the long term value. And you know, and I, my listeners always kind of remember when I do this, but I, you know, business is a dating game, and most people don't rush into marriages, and so uh, we need to understand that 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 it takes a pro says it takes some time to take some time to get it right and make sure you're doing it for the reasons that are going to impact the other person, including yourself. So uh, I love that you referenced that. And is this conversation really about your mantra, people over pixels? Is that what's defining this? Because you did refer- we did reference that in the intro. Yeah, so people, people are greater than pixels. Um, you know, it was one of the things that, uh, when we started, um, that was, our website was literally just a landing page that said that. Um, and then, you know, uh, I've had a lot of different experiences in the agency world, uh, prior to, so in between that toy design startup I had, you know, I spent about four or five years working in the digital marketing space, digital agency space. And then I built another design, uh, a design company as a senior director. Uh, so from all those different learnings and experiences, 
um, you know, I realized that, you know, the key to success really is, is people. Yes. Um, and not just people in the sense of finding talents, because talent is sure it's important, but um, if we can actually build a culture and a, and a, an actual destination, a physical destination that says, you know, when you work with UX Ventures, um, everything that you, if, if you care about self-actualization, you care about your own personal learning goals and, and all those uh, objectives that you have for yourself and, and you care about quality family time uh, and work-life balance, we want to support all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and our thesis is if we do that, uh, for the people that work with us and for the clients that we work with, um, that it's going to lead to, to greater products, greater business success, um, more inspired thinking and creativity. And, and it's so far, I, you know, I feel like it's, it's still a struggle. It's, it's always a struggle to, to kind of maintain that. Um, you know, we have like unlimited vacation, for example, as one of the, one of the, um, the perks, I guess, of, of working with, with us. Um, but you know, even that's tricky, you know, you say, okay, unlimited vacation and, um, you know, everyone smiles and thumbs up. And then, you know, when it comes time to someone saying, well, I want to take a month off, you know, it's still tricky. Right. Right. Um, well, but, uh, yeah. Well, and that's it is ultimately about people, and I uh, I think that that's a you know a reference point to getting back to what makes the business moving forward. It's not pixels; it's the people that are associated with it. Well, um, Jason, I uh, I certainly appreciate you allowing us to head home with you uh, to your family. You three of uh, three children. What uh, what are their names? Yeah. So Max is uh, six and a half. Yes. And Asher's. Four, four and a half, and Lily is one and a half. So <laughs> cool. It's a, it's a busy household, and uh, I'm excited to see them for sure. Yeah, that's really cool, man. I uh, and now do does, does your oldest uh, Max does he uh, does he kind of get into dis- business discussions with you at home? <laughs> What's funny is that I so I I, I do teach uh, toy design sometimes. Yes, so, and you know, and uh, so I do involve them. Uh, I encourage all my <laughs> students course. to do play testing. So. Uh, even just, I think it was now last week. Yes. Uh, you know, brought my kids into brought my kids downtown to play test uh, all the prototypes of my students at work. <laughs> it's uh, really really funny. So yeah. they're getting some early exposure to uh, to prototyping and design and and business a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, that's so cool, man. We'll see what 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 course they chart. Yes, well, it's uh, I I think the key is, and when I talk to many of our guests, is that you you uh, include them in your your journey. You don't think they don't want to be included, and uh, and you're right, they'll choose their own way, but uh, they they definitely want to be a part of it. So, uh, thank you so much for your time, sir. You've given us an incredible insight into UX, and uh, your company is uh, is doing well. I would presume so, based on the fact that you're. You're you're doing what you do, and which is great. And you're really, uh, you know, I think even though UX is part of our conversation, your organization, um, uh, UX Ventures, is I think pioneering not only the execution of of great UX design, but also the dialogue around it. And uh, keep doing what you're doing because I concur, it's it's really important stuff. The other thing you do have, of course, is patience. I don't know if I could ever work in that world uh, uh, because you need to have that patience of dialogue and so on. And so. 
So uh, uh, great stuff. Congratulations, and thanks for spending time with us today. Well, thanks. It was great to talk to you, and uh forward to, uh, to talking to you again. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi there, I'm Patrice Mousseau. I'm the owner of Satya Organic Eczema Relief, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. Well, and also you're you're an advocate for uh, for women entrepreneurship. Um, can you talk about about the, that advocacy journey that you're uh, that you're that you're on? Well, you know, I think it's, for me, it was a lot about perception. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think that I would ever run a business myself. And it was because I had this idea of what a business person was. Um, the MBA, yeah. the, you know, having uh, briefcases and suits <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, quite often a, a, a guy. Yes. Um, it just wasn't something that was in my in my in my realm but um now i see it as such an opportunity for women uh we come from a different place organically uh-huh. uh, of uh, empathy uh-huh. uh, of course and um oh god you know there is no one else there on the planet who manages to multitask and get <laughs> stuff done with almost nothing right. than a mother yes like they're natural <laughs> entrepreneurs they just figure shit out yeah. it's awesome so yeah like i just know i can give a task to to i mean not to say that men aren't like this exactly but right. i just know that you know women have always had to figure it out especially it. single moms which i am one of and obviously men are bringing in very unique skills and women are bringing in very unique skills so i think that it is an open playing field for both genders i think but yes. more and more women um not only women are creating businesses about one and a half times men right now here in the Canadian Mm. economy but what we don't have for women is the support um, that is offered to men and especially when it comes down to venture capital um, only about 4% of all venture capital goes to women period so it's you know we are starting these businesses but we don't we don't have the support to grow them so it's, I think it's that's a really important thing that has to happen here is uh, we need to find ways to support more women in business, not just getting women in business to start businesses because they're doing it already. We need to support them to, to be successful and grow. Mm-hmm.